Welcome back to Via the Source, where you can get news about the entire NFL and, of course, the Miami Dolphins. Fins up. Here's Steven, your host. What's up, guys? Says 8 is September 7th. I'm Steven Masso. As always, you're listening to Via the Source. Now, in today's episode, we're going to be going over the Dolphins' latest trade to acquire Lynn Bowden Jr. from the Las Vegas Raiders. We're also going to be discussing Josh Rosen. He landed on a new team, so we're going to be talking about that. We're also going to be discussing Adrian Peterson, who uh, signed with the Detroit Lions, and then some other news about the Miami Dolphins and my general outlook for the team heading into the 2020 season. Now, before we begin, I'll say I got some ducks right now outside of my window, and they're going crazy. So if you can hear them in the background, uh, you know, as well as some frogs, it's it's bizarre. But if you can hear it, I apologize for that. But they are obnoxiously loud. Now to get into the actual football news and to go over the trade that the Dolphins made with the Las Vegas Raiders to get Lynn Bowden Jr. They traded a fourth round pick to get Lynn Bowden Jr., who was drafted by the Raiders just this past draft in 2020 with a third-round pick. So if you hear that, you can already tell this is kind of bizarre. If you're looking at this from the Raiders' perspective or from one of their fans' perspective, that's not a good sign when you just drafted a player a few months ago with a third-round pick and you are giving him up for a fourth-round pick. That would make you think that there must either be some red flags with the guy or something went horribly wrong to the point where you're willing to admit that you kind of made a mistake with that draft pick or that there are some sort of off the field issues contributing uh, to that. And we'll get into that a little bit. But first, let's get into Lynn Bowden Jr. as a player. Now, he took over the quarterback role for Kentucky, and a lot of people are kind of, I think, overhyping his ability as a quarterback or as a thrower and kind of uh, hoping that he could be utilized as some sort of secret uh, quarterback weapon. I don't think that's the case. If you look at how he was as a passer, he had a 47.3 completion percentage. He had 403 yards passing on the season, three touchdowns, and three interceptions. So his strong suit definitely came as a runner or as a receiver. And the Dolphins are already reported to be looking at him as a wide receiver. The Raiders were trying to get him to convert to running back. But if you look at what he did rushing the football, he had 1,468 yards in 13 games last season, 7.9 yards per carry, 13 touchdowns on the ground, an additional 348 yards receiving, and another touchdown. So the guy is an absolute playmaker, and if you watch what he does, you can understand why fans are so excited with this move. He is electric. He is extremely dynamic. I've already seen some people comparing him to Percy Harvin, who is one of the most dynamic college players to ever play and you know that might be a little bit far-fetched but he is definitely a guy that has a unique skill set and is very hard to get on the ground and if you look at what the offense the Dolphins have right now this Chan Gailey spread offense that we have heard so much that it's going to work by putting the ball in the playmakers hands and allowing them to do stuff with it and the Dolphins with Albert Wilson who was their yards after the catch guy at least in 2018 he opted out they needed some of that and I do think that Lynn Bowden Jr possesses that ability to make guys miss that all you have to do is kind of find him in some open space and get him the ball and he might be able to do some sort of magic with it and that is why fans are so excited and maybe it's a little bit too overhyped to an extent but I do think that it is warranted in a way because this past draft aside from Tua was a lot of 
the necessities. It was a lot of these non-flashy picks, but very necessary ones. And I'm not saying that to say it was a bad thing, but you know, it's never too exciting when you just absolutely load up on the offensive line. As important, as, as crucial as it is, I think fans were craving some of that excitement, a guy who was very dynamic. And then the Dolphins were able to bring in a guy like this for relatively cheap. And I think that is why fans are so excited. And I'm not going to try to put them down in any way and say that they're overhyping it because I do think that he is a guy who has a very unique skill set. Now, to allude back to what I was saying earlier with the potential off-the-field issues, and you have to look at it from the Raiders' perspective, well, then why would they do this? Well, the first one could be, you could look at his performance. Apparently, they were trying to use him as a running back, and it just was absolutely not working out. And the Dolphins plan to use him as a receiver, so they see that they could salvage something there, whereas the Raiders did not. But then, there was this report by The Athletic that saying that there was some off-the-field issues, that they were worried that he could be a bad influence to some of the younger rookies. The Raiders right now, they have Henry Ruggs, they have Brian Edwards over there at the receiver position, and they were worried about him uh, impacting the team negatively. And then he also had this incident in college where he uh, hit a, an opponent in the face in the pregame and got into a little skirmish before the game. And then there were also reports that the DEA apparently uh, infiltrated his grandma's house that he was staying at, but they don't know or they didn't report whether he was actually involved in whatever they were doing or not, and that he apparently just complied with everything. So in this case, I am not the judge. I am not the jury. I don't really know what's happening beyond what I just said, so I can't comment about what I think is happening or testify to what kind of uh, person he is, but he had the opportunity to respond back on Twitter, and he said, don't believe everything you read read lol i stepped outside of my home twice if that smiley face onto a new journey let's rock and apparently the dolphins were very big on this guy before the draft and if you look at what brian flores has been building with the team the kind of people that he has brought in i don't think it would be very uh you know characteristic of him to go out and bring a guy that he feels could negatively impact such a young team and where you know i understand that some teams are willing to kind of take chances on guys and if the the skill outweighs all the negative off the field issues they'll take a chance on them but everything that Brian Flores and Chris Greer have been building here in Miami shows that they are uh, placing an extremely high amount of value on what the person and how they act and how they carry themselves and their leadership ability they're uh, placing a ton of value in things like that I just don't think that they would go out and make a move on somebody that they feel could be some sort of risky personality or risky, uh, toxic person in the locker room. I just don't think they would do that. So at least early on in the season, I don't expect him to have a big role. I think the Dolphins coming into the season had a lot of wide receiver depth. And then after the guys opting out, and now that they were appearing to be like one injury away from having a severe need at wide receiver, they brought in uh, Lynn Bowden Jr. I think he could be an exciting player down the line. And then maybe on further down the season, we start to see him utilized in these trick plays. We've seen how Brian Flores likes to bust out these trick plays and catch a team sleeping. So who knows? I just know that I am very excited about this trade. I think they made a great move here and they brought in an awesome weapon for the offense. Now, Josh Rosen, who was released by the Dolphins, maybe surprisingly, if you know how I feel about it, I thought it was a huge surprise. 
he was released and he was picked up by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and added to the team's practice squad. And I think this is kind of a best case scenario for Josh Rosen. They are a team that have been investing recently very heavily on the offensive side of the ball, on the offensive line. Uh, they have a ton of weapons, as I mentioned before. I said that their defense was extremely underrated. So there is a potential for Josh Rosen to land in a completely different situation than he was at every other point in his career. And I think, frankly, if it doesn't work out with Tampa Bay, then you can finally say that, okay, now we know what we had in Josh Rosen because he's going to have an opportunity to learn behind one of the greatest quarterbacks, if not the greatest of all time in Tom Brady. He is also going to be on a team that has an offensive-minded coach, somebody who is considered a quarterback whisperer in Bruce Arians, as previously he was in a mess in Arizona, and then he came to a defensive-minded coach in Brian Flores. So if it doesn't work out with Tampa Bay, if he is given an opportunity and he still just couldn't do anything, then I am finally willing to close the book on Josh Rosen. And again, if you listen to the last episode, I still feel like he did not have too much of a legitimate shot. I think this is a perfect opportunity for him. I'm going to be rooting for him because he seems like he is in a very good place and that he was very uh, humbled and he really wants to improve his game and he understands that he had a lot to improve on. So I'm wishing him all the best over there in Tampa Bay and hopefully we can see him sooner rather than later out there as the starter. Now, we move on to the next topic, and it was that Adrian Peterson was signed to the Detroit Lions for a one-year, $105 million contract that includes incentives. Now, the case with Adrian Peterson was that, you know, the guy is 35 years old. Everyone knew it was going to be a one-year contract if he got one, but I really wanted to see him go somewhere where I thought he could have had more of a role. I named the New England Patriots as probably one of my favorite destinations for him because I think he actually could have had an immediate impact with that team. I think he could have worked out with Chicago depending on how severe David Montgomery's injury was and how much time that he was going to miss. And then I had a friend and he's a massive Texans fan and he said that he really wanted Adrian Peterson to land with the Texans. And funny enough, back in 2018, Adrian Peterson said, I want to end my career in Houston. I want to go back home. I've lived in the area forever and I just want to end it as a Texan. So I thought, hey, that might be a picture perfect ending for him. You know, you have David Johnson already there, but he's always uh, battling some sort of injury issue. So it'd be a nice little uh, reliable backup to have Adrian Peterson. But instead, he goes to the Detroit Lions. And that's something that I'm not necessarily ecstatic about just because I think this is a move more for depth. Now, uh, DeAndre Swift, who they just acquired in this past draft, is injured right now, and that's going to lead to on Johnson kind of being the workhorse back. But the Lions already have two capable running backs, and once DeAndre Swift is healthy, and if on Johnson, who has also battled injuries, if he can stay healthy, then Adrian Peterson at that point just becomes a guy who rarely ever, if ever, is going to touch the ball, at least in my eyes. You have two very capable backs. I don't see the point in surrendering some of their carries to a guy who is not going to be there in the future. So it's disappointing. I was hoping he could go somewhere with more of a role because it's impressive to watch him. He clearly still has 
some left in the tank, and I want him to be able to really pad his stats as he gets to the tail end of his career and see where he ends up. You know, the guy's already a future Hall of Famer, but I just hope that he could go somewhere where he could chill, uh, still show that he had something left in the tank. I don't think the Detroit Lions is the best place for that. Now, the last topic for the episode, will the Dolphins be competing for the AFC East title already in 2020? This was kind of prompted uh, by this conversation that Ruthie Polinsky was having with Adam Beasley. And Beasley said on TV that he thinks the Dolphins are already going to be competing for the AFC East title. And he said that is because the Patriots are the only real threat there. He mentioned that he doesn't really believe that Josh Allen is capable of leading a team. And he also said that the Jets are just a dumpster fire. Now, as for those comments, I do agree 100% with the sentiment of the Jets being a dumpster fire. I do think they are very close to just completely unraveling. I think Adam Gase is on his way out. And I think that they are a potential team that even though Sam Darnold is a relatively new quarterback being drafted in 2018, that if they're in a position where they could draft Trevor Lawrence, we might see some sort of Josh Rosen, Kyler Murray situation play out in New York. And as for what Adam Beasley said about Josh Allen, now guys, you know, I like to be honest here. If you want to go somewhere where you're just going to get uh, pure hate on the Bills and the Jets and the Patriots and massive praise for the Dolphins, then this might be the wrong place for you. I'm going to be honest. And when it comes to Josh Allen, I'll agree. His accuracy is definitely an issue and it looks bad. But the guy has not had a great amount of weapons around him and he still finds ways to get it done, whether it's with his legs or with his arm that is not that great. He finds ways to get the team the, the, the victory. And even though the defense has been the strong suit, it's not like the Bills are winning in spite of him. They're winning with him. And a lot of the times he is definitely having a positive impact. I mean, he made John Brown look like an absolute star last year. And I have to give praise to Josh Allen in his ability to find ways to get the team the victory. And as for the Patriots, I'm still not sure how this is going to work out because Tom Brady had that system absolutely mastered. You know, people say that he is a system quarterback, but the guy was the system. The system was him. And I think that that is something that is hard to replicate, even though I don't think uh, athletically and in terms of his arm that he was at the elite level that he once was. I do think that he had the system mastered, and I'm not sure if just plugging Cam Newton in there is going to automatically uh, translate to success. I'm sure that, that Cam Newton has the talent to do so. I'm just not sure if it's something that happens immediately within this offense. And I do think that all of that combined puts the Dolphins in a position where, yeah, they could be competing for this AFC East title this year. I think their defense this year is already pretty strong. You look at the guys they brought in, the the position that always sticks out to me is the linebacking group because it's been completely overhauled almost. They have a ton of versatility there at the linebacker position. Of course, you have the return of Xavier Howard. You add Byron Jones to the mix. I'm not worried at all about the defensive side of the ball. And then on offense, Ryan Fitzpatrick, as streaky of a quarterback as he is, he always has those moments where he can pop off for like four straight games and put up a ridiculous stat line. If that happens with Ryan Fitzpatrick, at the helm, that could be enough to put him in a position where they are competing for the AFC title this season. 
So guys, let me know what you think about that. As always, you can follow me on Twitter. That is at Shady Steven. If you want to hear more from me, I've been tweeting a lot on my podcast account. That is at Via The Source. I would appreciate any follows there. We are two followers away from uh, the giveaway that I have planned. So if you haven't followed already, go and follow and we'll get the giveaway out there as soon as possible. And if you could, leave a review on the Apple Podcast app. That would be a tremendous help. And guys, as always, I appreciate all the support. Support. If you have any questions or comments, things that you would like for me to discuss in future episodes, feel free to send them to me at via the source and I would gladly discuss it on the next episode. But guys, that is how I'm going to wrap up this episode. Until next time, I'm Stephen Masso and this was Via the Source.